Hello, it's Andrew May, and welcome to the Strive Stronger podcast, Bite Size Edition. This is where we take a clip from a previous podcast and we amplify it for you in a snack-sized format. How busy are you really? In this Bite Size from episode 20, Angela Poon and I talk about the busyness trap and how you might not actually be as busy as you think. I can't tell you how many times I've had conversations with business leaders, business owners, executives over the years, and when you ask, how are you, they go busy, and I feel like going, ah, bad answer. Ange and I talk about ways to organize your week to ensure peak productivity, and I also share, because Ange presses me on this, the ways that I keep my head above water and thrive even when my schedule is jam-packed. Now, I think I'm going to say something a little bit controversial here, but I think busyness is a choice. Ooh, I love controversy. Explain. I think it's because, like, as a society, we value being productive. And often when we ask people, how's your day? What's the first thing people busy. say? I'm busy. And why do they say that? It's a default. Well, you know the game that I used to play at KPMG in the lift. Like, how are you? Are you busy? No. And people would twitch. How are you going? Oh, yeah, really busy. And they go, Andrea, you're not busy. No, I'm productive. You know, doing some really good work. I'd, I'd do it just to be a bit of a smart Alice. But people would start to like look at you because it is just the default. And it's a bad answer. Mm. I think people would say it because it's seen as though they're very valued, that they are really important. So we always say this, that business is shouldn't be worn as a badge of honour, which in our society it often is. And it's like we, re- we should be rewarded. There's some, some sort of mechanism where people think that because I'm busy, therefore I'm valued, therefore I'm a productive member of society. But what we're trying to say here is that just because you're busy doesn't mean you're productive. Mm. Be effective. Be yeah, knocking the lights out in little, bits of peri- in little bits of work and then have lots of recovery. But even as I say that, there's a grind because I know in enterprise, in big business, if you started talking like that, everyone's going to think you're crazy. I used to do it at KPMG just to stir people. But I think there needs to be a massive cultural shift on this. And one of the open loops that we, we still got from the start, Ange, is with COVID has accelerated this. So you said, why are we all so busy? Well, pre in Australia, Monday, 16th of March, 2020, I think we had more of a natural work, recover, work, recover, because most people would go to work. Yeah, then we shifted to WFH and then we're just on Teams or we're on Zoom from first thing in the morning to late at night. Now we're getting back into this hybrid phase where most companies are saying, come back into the office two or three days a week, work from home a couple of days, and then you might be on a client side or a hybrid mix. But there's no rule book for this. I think it's exciting. But the rule book is not going back to what it was. The rule book needs to be what it's going to become. And companies have an opportunity, I reckon, in the next six months, and then it's closed because it's still new. And the opportunity in the next six months is to totally redefine what it means to be productive in organizations. And some of the companies we work with who are doing this well, they'll come into the office and COVID guidelines, because we've got another outbreak, so we've always got this in the back of our minds, but they'll come into the office and they will connect, they'll communicate. I think what a lot of us have really missed working from home is just that camaraderie. Now, people used to think we had to have meetings and, and, and be live. No, we can do that. on on teams and technology, but you get that social glue by coming together. And then the companies I think that are doing this well is then they build in time, but permission, then at home, do some deep work. 
Yeah, and, and don't just spend all day at home from meeting to the meeting to the meeting to meeting. And when you get that rhythm right between connection and then getting off the grid for knowledge workers and doing some work, you're just so much more productive. And what I'm hearing also is to not to take that control and be accountable for yourself because often people would try to put in time to do that deep work but then something else comes along in a meeting and then that's one of the first things that disappears or goes away. How do you ensure that you put in that discipline to protect that time? What are your what are some of your strategies? Because you're really busy and there's often a lot of demands on your times, Andrew, but you're, you, you fiercely protect your deep focus time. Yeah, I do. And I've been doing this and sharpening this for years. So what I do may not be available for everyone. But if, I mentioned before, when I write a book, I get off the grid. I'll go down to Jeroa for a week or five days and I just, I get excited even when I think about it. I've got my next block, writing block coming up in about three weeks. So I will just carve out that time. And Todd, my EA, knows this. Ideally, no meetings. So we try and really stack the week before. And I'll just free up as much space as I possibly can. Now, that, that's extreme for a lot of people who are employed uh, in a job. You can't just say, hey, I'm, I'm off the grid for might a week. It might be a CLM. It might be a career-limiting move, yeah. But if I come down a, a step from that, in a busy week where we're working with clients and doing sales and I'm doing mental skills and presenting and I've got four kids and keeping all that going, I just live by my better week. And even in a really busy weekend, if I can just get two or three hours of deep work in around all the delivery, I know I'm going to be okay. And what, what I know, the busier I am, the more I need some of that downtime because it just helps me reflect and catch up. And then when I, I go to events, when I've done the planning, I, I feel in control and I feel ahead of the conversation. When I don't build in some downtime, and this has happened sometimes in October and February when I don't build this in, because that's busy keynote season. But Todd now knows that to, to remind me to do it. If I'm just go, 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 I, I really do get caught up on that business trap and I'm talking about getting off it. So I've just got to practice all the basics that we're talking about today. And it sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it, that when you're really busy, they actually have to slow down. And amongst, we've spoken to a number of our clients where they're like, how do, I, how do I speed up? How do I do more? And the one thing that you've told them first is like, actually, in order to speed up, you have to slow down. And I remember we had a recent webinar. It was a number of weeks into a Match Fit Leader program. And the client had said, I've had a really busy week, but I've felt the most calm that I've felt even though I've had a really busy period and I'm, I'm able to manage it all. So what we teach really works. It's changing that language. And even as you're saying that, most people busy is a negative connotation that I'm not in control, that other people are managing my diary and I'm a pinball. I think that's what most people think when it comes to the word busy. Whereas productive is much more in my terms. I feel like I was carving out time. I felt like I was in control. And it sounds like such a little thing, but when I'm working with, with execs or founders and one-on-one, I really get them to think about that language because that language that they use cascades throughout a whole organisation. For any leaders listening to this, if you can just cut out that overuse of the word busy and, and even just replace that with productive or focused, just, just play with it. It'll feel weird to start with. Just notice the different conversations you have. Notice the difference in energy and, and really start to teach. Yeah, 
and, and we are busy. Like there's times where we go, yeah, we're bloody busy and we've got a lot on. But we do live and breathe this because I've tried to just fill in all the gaps. So you know, all peaks, no troughs. I've almost burnt out twice and I'm not going to go there a third time. Hey, it's Andrew and we hope you enjoyed that episode. We would really appreciate it if you helped us amplify the Strive Stronger with Andrew May podcast by sharing episodes with colleagues and friends and going to iTunes and leaving a rating and review. This really does help us get this message out to a wider audience. And if you would like to know more about how Strive Stronger uplifts teams through optimizing human performance and well-being, make sure you check out strivestronger.com. And if you'd like to know more about my personal practice, focusing on all things human performance, go to andrewmade.com where you can explore the books I have written, including MatchFit, which has now sold over 85,000 copies, or book me as a speaker at your next annual conference or company offsite. Or if you'd like to really turbocharge your business and personal success and wake up to a better way of living, working and leading, check out my brand new evidence-based Human Performance Academy that starts in July. I'm really, really looking forward to getting that going. And if you'd like to receive regular updates from me each month, make sure you subscribe to my monthly e-newsletter, the AM edition.